Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam with Tariq Alameen. I am he. You can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify. Right, I could keep going. The list is a long list, but look for us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, family, before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Recycle Processes, for their continued support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that, uh, family, we're going to get into a conversation. Uh, I am pleased to have joining me in studio Rabbi Michael Ben Yosef. He is the spiritual leader, the rabbi of Takun Kai International. Uh, with congregations in Kenya as well as here in the U.S. It's good to have you, brother. Hallelujah. You are a person who does not simply just talk about uh, the issues. You are one who is definitely moved by the Spirit to respond to uh, the issues wow. that are, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that we're confronted with, Amen. you know, Amen. As, as a community. Amen. And I say that because I had the pleasure of joining you earlier at Daily Center uh, Plaza. Amen. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, not Daily Center. Federal, at, Federal Plaza. At Federal Plaza. Yes, sir. Um, for a press conference mm -hmm. uh, addressing gun violence, as Amen. we know that there is a, uh, a national rally uh, gathering that's going on right now in D.C. That's correct. That's correct. Um, um, with uh, Father Flager of St. Sabina. That's correct. Uh, and you decided, well, we need to have a presence here in Chicago as well, especially with the image associated with Chicago in terms of not just the image, but the, re the real numbers and lives that have been affected by gun violence. Amen. So, as I say, the spirit moved you, you responded, uh, put out the press conference, uh, and, and, and we met and we spoke, we gave a message. Could you share with the Radio Islam family some of the, maybe some of the, the numbers, right, that, because we get desensitized, I think, easily, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it's important mm -hmm. for us to be, kind of get shocked back and realize how pervasive this issue is. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the statistics related to gun violence in Chicago right now that maybe folks are not not really aware of? Well, uh, first I want to thank you, uh, Tariq, uh, Iman Tariq, for allowing me to have the space of coming to your audience and yourself to bring the issues to the people. Um, I think you have um, you, your your station is, is very very needed, and I appreciate the the opportunity to bring this to um, everyone's ears and hearts and minds. Uh, when we look at the issues at this point, uh, there is a, a epidemic that is going on in our country, uh, particularly the people of color. Uh, at this point in time in Chicago, I'll give you two statistics. In Chicago alone, there is a 9.5 clearance rate. Meaning, if you are, your killer uh, wants to uh, um, take you out or eliminate you from uh, your family or take you from your, your take your life, uh, the percentage of you finding your killer is 90%. Uh, so that means uh, that your killer will get away with everything that possibly towards you. So the, the percentage is 90. Well, a 9.5% clearance rate means that they are only clearing. They are clearing slightly less than 10% of the homicides mm -hmm. uh, committed in Chicago. That's correct. So that means that uh, that this, this there could be uh, a sensitive situation where people can repeat 
um, be offenders because uh, there's no repercussions or no, no accountability for the, the crimes they commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where we find a very difficult, uh, hard to swallow because if you look at nationally, statistic uh, is 62%. Mm-hmm. So you have the national status where uh, 40% where uh, a margin where people will be held accountable uh, with regards to the crimes they commit. But when it comes to Chicago, we are the, the one of the least, and I believe the new, new numbers will come out in probably in number another maybe a couple of weeks because the, the, the fourth quarter of uh, in, in in that statistic and how those uh, figures are put out, um, I'm sure that will be a lower number. It may be even eight percent or even seven percent. Now, what's really critical about this, and I think we're about to dive into maybe some of the the deeper. Um, associations that we can make from that 9.5% number, mm-hmm. right? It is definitely abysmal, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we want to make sure we're taking everything in context and we're looking because th- there's there are a lot of factors that contribute to a number like that, mm-hmm. right? It'd be very easy to simply say that the police just aren't doing their jobs, mm-hmm. right? That and, and walk away and say, you know, mm-hmm. that's it and we need the police to take this uh, issue seriously, mm-hmm. Right. And that may be the case in some instances where mm-hmm. you have police who are not motivated, um, who don't really think that their presence has any real impact on bringing down violence, uh, gun violence, or or anything, right? They just feel like they're there to simply catch people and act, if, if that should be the case, mm-hmm. right? And I would like to think that if those kind of folks are present, that they represent a very small, major- a very small, uh, slice of the mm-hmm. overall police population. Right? I, I agree with that. Right. And then here's the thing when it comes to that uh, about the detectives and the police in, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to understand that the police force maybe have uh, aging detectives. So at this point in time, they're like in their uh, days of leaving the, the force. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we have to deal with the matter of the, the sense of urgency of wanting to solve crimes or um, just looking to get a pension. Mm-hmm. If we recall, the um, uh, Mayor Lightfoot gave her address to the city. Right. Um, if you really listen to the words she, she chose and said was about pensions, pensions for people who have been uh, dedicated to the service to the city. So that goes in lockstep with people who are on the force. If detectives have been on the force for 30, 40, 50 years, they're not going to be motivated to get up and do all the fringe work, the leg work that's required, and the energy and the dedication to solve these problems and these crimes in our community. Not, not only that, mm-hmm. I was at the state police, Illinois State Police Forensics Lab in Chicago. Uh, at this point in time, that's another deadly statistic that needs to be told to your viewers. At this point in time, they have over 6,000 backlog cases, which means that contributes to the 9.5% clearance rate not going up because those cases are sitting pending uh, for years and years uh, because of manpower, lack of manpower, uh, uh, because of lack of funding to do the things that they need to do to get the forensics completed. So then you have these cases well pinned open uh, and not getting solved. So it's it's, it's, just, it's a ripple effect of everything that goes along with that percentage. Mm. I hear you. I want to give a I want to give a different uh, interpretation mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that I don't. I, I think it would be. I think it's the easy way to simply say that we got police or detectives that are uh, aging out, that are in the latter stages mm-hmm. of, their, of their careers, mm-hmm. uh, and because of that, they are not as motivated to do mm-hmm. the hard work, mm-hmm. right? 
I think the more difficult stance to take mm-hmm. is to say that Chicago is living uh, in its legacy of of being a segregated city, ah, yep. of being a city Absolutely. that has had dysfunctional relationships or oppressive relationships between its police uh, department and its communities of color. Absolutely. Uh, and that we have um, police that have not really, uh, from from a from a leadership standpoint, we've not really seen uh, a change in the culture mm-hmm. of police, mm-hmm. right? We've not really seen uh, 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 police uh, relationships with, with community that have been able to break through mm-hmm. the... That, that no st- snitching culture, right, right? Right. Because all the technology in the world doesn't really do you any good if you don't have partnership. That's correct. With the community. That's correct. Right. So, I would contend that yes, though there may be issues with regard to the, um, with, with regard to uh, staffing, uh, with regard to having you know enough uh, um, human capital in in key areas. You know, if we're talking about you know, evidence that had a backlog of evidence or uh, 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 specimens that need to be tested and things like that. Yeah, that's an area that we definitely need to be looking at and, and you know, and address. But I would say overall, the the culture of Chicago, it's history. Mm-hmm. We're living out that history that mm-hmm. we have not, we have yet um, uh, to resolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so tell me, when you think about the comparisons between the national average of 60, what a 62% clearance rate. The first thing I want to look at is what do police community relationships look like? I mean, and you know, in, in those places where they have maybe a 80%, right? Because if you got a 62% national average, that means that you got to have some spaces where almost nobody is getting away. Right. right? Uh, and then you got the low end with this 9.5%, uh, you know, in our space, what is the responsibility of of faith communities in particular uh, in addressing this and, and, and addressing it with clear eyes uh, that really uh, addresses the reality of our history mm-hmm. in Chicago, um, but then also can look forward and, 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 and see a way for us to actually reverse this trend that we have. Well, there's no secret uh, Chicago and the police department in general uh, has a long history of uh, dysfunction, uh, you have many cases where um, um, people have been killed by the police department, uh, Chicago police uh, force, and have resulted in many of uh, uh, convictions of not being uh, justified or, or or guilty, found guilty. Right. Uh, the latest, biggest one was Laquan McDonald. Um, the, the slogan of 16 shots in the cover-up. Right. Uh, he got what, a slap on the wrist compared to uh, the many examples how uh, you know we, we see uh, people of color subject to crimes they're getting 80 to 50 years I mean long years of so they, they feel a, a, a sense of there's a there's a disparity of uh, imbalance of justice that's going on Absolutely. so uh, as face leaders as myself and uh, uh, leaders like uh, father Flagan and myself and other individuals who are committed and consistent about uh, being in, in the uh, in, in, in the public eye and to advocate for our community uh, it is important that we stand out and speak out. Uh, that's what today is about, the National Day of, of uh, Ending gun, gun Violence for, for nation, nationwide, and particularly in Chicago, which is the bedrock of, of many of gun, gun violence and issues you see. 
Um, I think it's just more like we have to show ourselves uh, committed and consistent and call out the issues that we see that's not correct, uh, particularly when there's um, uh, Eddie Johnson, the superintendent of Chicago Police Department, uh, when they have every day, every Monday, mm-hmm. a, a meeting that the mayor meets with uh, those individuals of, uh, there are the key officials that give uh, data to the mayor and to update her. Uh, we want to have an open door policy to allow us to come and sit with those meetings because we're on the street. We're in the community. We know the, the what the hurts and the wants and the needs are. Let me uh, ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is there any other space, because I'm not aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. but is there any other space that is available for community members to come to and share their uh, perspectives, to share their concerns, grievances even, with uh, the mayor and her staff? Well, there is. Uh, Aside from that meeting. Um, there is like, uh, I, I go to the city council meeting, uh, okay. which is where um, they have every every month, uh, where it's a general uh, open to the public type of event. However, they have limitations now. The mayor changed the rules with regards to the speaking engagement where you're uh, now in a pool. So it was where you just come in, sign your name up, and you get to be speak before the board and the council and the mayor. But now that's changed. She changed it. Uh, where you have be selected by a random drawing, which is not very fair at this point because it does not show transparency. Uh, like for myself, I was selected this last time, didn't get to speak to the mayor because I was going to talk to her about the gun violence and the uh, 75 women of color murder. No investigation on that issue. Um, there is what we call the uh, police accountability board uh, that where you can go in and talk to the uh, police uh, uh, officials and those who heads are of those departments. Mm-hmm. But it's still not where we're getting engaged. We're not sitting engaged and they're just listening mm-hmm. to us. Uh, it's not where we're coming in and uh, I call it a field trip. Come and see our community. Come looking to see the, the disparities and the challenges that we're dealing with. Um, you know, there's the problems where we have these abandoned buildings. You know, the mayor could come in and say, hey, let's come out and show these buildings and show what, how these buildings um, that are abandoned are the, the havens for crime-infested issue, issues in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a light pole. Okay, I can come out and use this, this block. There's no one here to, to police me. I can set up shop, do crimes, do, do uh, abduct people, and do uh, things that's uh, of mischief to cause harm in the community. Um, so I believe uh, if open door policy is, is every Monday with Mayor Lightfoot and Eddie Johnson, they would get a lot more information as opposed to having someone who has a degree in criminal justice and saying they don't understand the issues of the community. Well, they don't really understand the issues of the community because they're not like myself who are in the streets every every day uh, talking to people, um, sitting down with community a- activists, mm-hmm. uh, going to uh, town halls with people who go, uh, at church and things of that sort. Um, there's no, no communication or any um, uh, initiative on their part to come and sit and listen to those issues. So that's why I go to these agencies, to the uh, the headquarters of, uh, um, of the, um, the headquarters of Chicago Police Department, or even go to the city hall. I go to them and bring the issues to them, since they don't come to us. So uh, it's it's about um, meeting us halfway. At this point, I have not been successful in that. Uh, asking for them to meet us halfway, uh, but we're we're going to continue to show up and make ourselves readily available. And when it, it all possible happens. Now, so I, I was trying to get. I can't tell you this. Kim yeah. Fox did reach out to me, mm-hmm. um, which is a very good sign. So, Our Cook County State's Attorney. Yes, she mm-hmm. did. She did reach out to me. I was out on Federal Plaza one weekend, um, advocating for against our for our people, and she stopped 
her car, her motorcade, and came out and talked to me. So that's a very good sign that at least uh, someone of a, of a uh, influence and can give, give uh, some uh, headway to these issues and to make uh, give resolution to the issues that we're facing can make a, at least some bit of a difference. Well, what I would say is this, that whatever pain any individual is feeling, that's the most important pain in the world. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Right? It's, it's, what, it's about what you are going through. Uh, and one of the difficulties in, that, that comes with uh, representing so many different communities and so many different uh, interests uh, and, and lived experiences is that everybody's pain is the most important thing in, you know, in the world. And that's what, that's what they want to have addressed, right? We want to have uh, uh, you know, concerns of economic uh, dignity. We want to have entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. We want to have uh, safe communities. We want to reduce violence in all forms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just want a, a level playing field, mm -hmm. right? That's what we want. Now, that doesn't mean that those concerns are going to be the concerns of everybody else in Chicago, right? Because there are some folks in Chicago, um, well, they can afford to live in communities that are that are safe. Right. Right. There right. are people, you know, there's in the Chicagoland area, you know, you don't like it where you're at. You know, you they can move. move to an area where, you know, the schools are better. Mm -hmm. You know, your real estate uh, taxes are funding, you know, top of the line schools. Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't worry about your child getting uh, an education that's going to prepare them for college and all that. So I'm saying I'll let it simply say that I, I, I always keep that in mind when I think about my my personal uh, my critiques mm -hmm. because I realized that number one, the squeaky wheel is the one that's going to get the oil. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, it's really difficult to be that squeaky wheel sometimes. Right, right. Um, but I, I, but I also say it because I realized that because the problem is so big, yeah. uh, because it's so big, uh, it's not something that's going to be able to just turn around immediately there's exactly. a lot of inertia a lot of momentum Boy, behind this right absolutely absolutely um but just speaking about uh chicago uh, and i was trying to find out exactly how many i knew i knew at what point but chicago we, we got quite a few police um districts mm -hmm. right a number of police districts districts and the caps program was one of those programs that was uh, initiated to uh to improve the connectivity between the police department and the communities mm -hmm. I'm not certain. I know in some areas it is uh, it's more effective than in others, mm -hmm. right? Um, but when you have such a large, uh, you got a large city, you know, one of the largest cities in in the country, um, and and you have this pervasive element of of violence and crime that are really uh, really symptoms of a deeper problem, mm -hmm. uh, and you use caps as a way to try to push back against it, you really only push it back against it on one level. That's right. It's not really addressing the complete, you know, cause. Right. It's really just talking about the occurrences of reducing the occurrences of violence, not really right. addressing the, the reasons for violence. Mm -hmm. How can our uh, elected officials, state, uh, cities, uh, state, federal, how can they best partner with or support grassroots um, efforts to deal with the root causes of that violence, the root causes 
uh, of the dysfunction in the communities? That's an excellent question. I'm going to tell you, the reason, what they can do, like for myself, I'm a grassroots um, organization. Um, what they can do, they see my work. The work I do is clearly on the level what you what we should be able to fund um, because of the fact of my consistent measure of trying to get, you know, it costs to get paper copy. It costs to pay a cell phone to, to keep a business line open. It costs. Mm-hmm. Uh I think what the, if they do if they choose organizations that are committed and consistent uh, and seeing the work that's being done, I'll give you a good example. Uh, there's an organization called uh, Ceasefire. Ceasefire was phenomenal organization, very much underfunded, yeah. very much. But then you see other organizations who are also very effective, getting the bigger uh, um, endorsement or, or in, uh, wherever the, the, the money's pushed forward to, towards them. But the, the, they deal with the issues of the violence in our community. Uh, at this point, they're pretty much not effective now. So now it's a, it's a, it's a now issue where, where, where is the funding going to be put forward and towards? Um, I think we have a problem when it comes to uh, those political powers that wants to uh, award organizations is that uh, you have to be more like interconnected, which is unfair. I'm not interconnected like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's, it's, it's a little more challenging for myself to even uh, to appeal to organizations or to uh, officials to say, here, can you spare us a, 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 some sort of uh, help or anything that we can help us to do our work effectively? Um, but I think it, it's more so it's, if you're not connected, you really don't get much of the support that you should get. Um, it, sh- it really needs to be more elite, even a playing field with everyone that shows a bit of um, concern and effort and have a program that is more effective um, to help um, to bring uh, better community involvement. Uh, I'm more in, and now more de- 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 um, geared towards helping, like, uh, for example, the missing, the murdered women in the color in Chicago, particularly the gun violence and the police brutality, uh, those sorts of type of things of that nature. Those nature. Um, but it's really it's really difficult to get um, uh, those if you if you're not connected you just don't really get a morsel of, of that type of break. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because what you've described a lot, a lot of the work that that you do is really around uh, awareness, right? Letting right. people making right. sure people are aware that this is a problem. Right. You know, if it's uh, I think at one point the stat was fifty thousand. Well, I think it's like every year fifty thousand uh, women of color go missing. Yep. Right in the U- U.S. Uh, we that would seem like something that should be plastered across every me, uh, major media outlet. Absolutely, right? absolutely right. So, uh, and then talking about police br- uh, brutality, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, of which uh, it is generally uh, black and brown folks mm-hmm. that are the uh, the the um, the recipients, mm-hmm. right? They they're on the receiving end of that brutality. Mm-hmm. And of course, if we're looking at the uh, African American population, we're thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. Right of the population, but we are uh, we represent a disproportionate number of those who are killed by law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we represent a disproportionate number of those incarcerated. You mm-hmm. know, of the two point, I think it was a two point five million people who are incarcerated or under some form of uh, law enforcement. Um, uh, I don't say surveillance, but uh, uh, custody. Uh, we represent the, our numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. You know, off the charts, right? Yeah. So, but awareness is one aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? And then the other aspect, I guess we could say, when we talk about 
uh, activism mm -hmm. um, for the purpose of uh, introducing policy and legislation mm -hmm. uh, changes, right? So that's the, that's the other, well, not, that's a, uh, a, another aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, mm -hmm. there is changing hearts and minds. Amen. Right? Absolutely. Changing hearts and minds. And I and I don't want to ignore that aspect because it's like we had Brown versus um, uh, Board of Education, mm -hmm. right? We had the Civil Rights um, mm -hmm. Act, mm -hmm. you know, Civil Rights Bill, had, had that passed. But it did not change the hearts and minds of the people who were uh, stringing up, who were lynching mm -hmm. black folks mm -hmm. uh, the day before mm -hmm. that was passed and who continued uh, to have those types of, uh, that type of, uh, of animus towards uh, black folk, mm -hmm. right? So hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that's really specific to, um, to our, spiritual, uh, our spiritual leaders, uh, mm -hmm. to those who, who lead by faith, mm -hmm. you know, who, 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 um, who call back to this common origin that mm -hmm. we have as a human family, mm -hmm. right? Um, where does that fit in? Mm. Um, how do we uh, mobilize those who have the ability to affect hearts and minds, right? To make all of the awareness, to make the the policy, make the legislation, to actually make to, to actually bring, give us some teeth because that's 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 to me that's where we we have to go if we don't end up at that position where we actually have changed. Our hearts. It's like in the in the Quran. It says that uh, God doesn't change the condition of the people until they first change what is in their own selves, right. until they change what is in their hearts, mm -hmm. right? So if that is if that's not addressed, if that's being ignored, mm -hmm. what are we doing? I absolutely agree. Let me tell you why I agree with that because uh, the activism and the and awareness work hand in hand. Uh, so for the awareness of giving uh, about the police brutality, um, you see the videos, you see the Facebook videos. Disturbing, yeah. You see all the, uh, you see um, a gentleman was riding, uh, two police officers riding on a horse and in the, in the, in the, in a black man's walking in the street with a leash. Mm -hmm. uh, you seen the sister was dragged with a hair or you seen um, a video where a sister was wrestling with a police officer and then he just stood back and then pulled his gun and shoot her and killed her. Um, so those are the things that they are like the awareness aspect of it. Now my work is now moving towards the legislation part, which was mentioned about, uh, which is uh, now trying to introduce into Chicago, into Illinois, with regards to um, what was the historic uh, feat in California of passing uh, legislation called uh, Bill AB 392. Mm -hmm. uh, that bill was historic because of the fact um, that state has a problem with uh, murder of uh, women, of uh, people of color uh, being killed by the law enforcement. Uh, the governor of that state um, uh, saw it a need uh, to stand with the uh, activists who brought awareness about this issue, and now it's now law within that state that police are now held more accountable uh, to ensuring that uh, if they're going to use deadly force, they have to justify the means of that just deadly force use. It just can't be a first option type thing. So when we look at Chicago, 
of the most notorious example of murder of people of color from the Rikia boy who was shot in the back of the head, from Kwan McDonald who was shot 16 times and have a cover-up. And then just a couple weeks ago, you seen the release of a new video from Augustus that shows that he actually was walking away from the, the police department, a police officer, and was killed in, in cold blood. So these are the examples of where we can introduce legislation into the state. Um, I'm now working, um, going to be leading an initiative to, to get more of political um, um, support when it comes to Senator Dick Durbin. I also talk, I'm going to talk to Kim uh, Fox, the Cook County State's Attorney, and also going to try to talk to, uh, to get um, uh, J.B. Prisser on board to uh, introduce a bill of that nature so we can have something, a measure of saving lives, because that's at the end of the day of this initiative, is saving lives. So we just really need to be, um, I need to have, uh, we, we need to have more support, uh, more conversation, maybe a town hall, to explain this, because I think I did one time, I did a press conference uh, like maybe a month ago, and I introduced that to the media, this is what initiative and the, um, the way I want to see it go, where we have something in place. Um, right now, currently, I have to say that New York is also introducing something of that nature. Uh, Eric Gardner's mother, uh, went before her uh, went before the um, the General Assembly in New York mm-hmm. is pushing forward that type of initiative. So Chicago is one of the most notorious examples of police brutality. It just makes sense that we have more support from our community, from religious leaders to sign on on this initiative. All spectrum of religious leaders, from the uh, Christian faith, from the Islamic faith, from Mm -hmm. the Jewish faith, uh, everyone uh, to stand with this initiative to bring uh, legislation, not from just uh, awareness standpoint, but more into uh, meat on a bone type of thing. So we have uh, something to look forward and have on on the books. Mm -hmm. Well, um, folks are congratulatory uh, about California passing uh, that AB 392, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, it was, um, a lot of folks are connecting that to, of course, uh, Stefan Clark mm-hmm. uh, in his murder. Yep. And his brother was critical of it. He said, you know, we know it's watered down, mm-hmm. but it's something. It's something. Right? It, it's Better something. Nothing. Yeah. It, it pushes us closer towards actually um, holding our law enforcement officials. Right. Uh, accountable, right? Right, and which is which is exactly what we want. We don't want anybody simply saying, you know, with the old uh, tired, uh, I feared for my life. There you go. You know, and that's your excuse to yeah. discharge your weapon and take somebody else's life uh, over and over again without any, uh, you know, without without justice. Right. You know. So yeah, we definitely want to push push back against that, and we want to do it in a way, honestly, that allows us to uh, see our society in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, as we said, you know, one of the comments I made at the um, at the press conference was, "I'm not here to point fingers, mm. right? Mm. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to join hands." There you go. Because we've we have pointed fingers right. um, long enough, right. and really haven't gotten Nothing. anything done. Nothing from, done, right? So exactly. it's really it's got to be a, 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 a from a position of understanding that it's going to take the cooperation and the commitment of of not just black folk. Right. Not mm-hmm. just brown folks uh, or, or those who are we have we, we have to have another dis- uh, discussion, I think a broader discussion on the whole idea of whiteness. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's a lot of folks that fall under that umbrella 
of being white that aren't really they're not too happy about being referred to mm. <laughs> as right, white, right? Right. right but right. it has served that designation has served a great purpose uh, in as far as dividing and conquering uh, um, the majority of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, and and moving our attention away from class issues and allowing us to uh, settle into the the mire and muck of of, of race. Mm-hmm. Uh, race consciousness and race identity as the end all be all of our existence, mm-hmm. right? When we know that that's a part of who we are, but it is not all of who we are, right? Right. right. So, um, but yeah, but it's going to take all of us, you know, regardless of uh, um, irrespective of our, of our cultural differences, mm-hmm. you know, ethnic identities. It's going to take all of us really uh, taking a stand and saying that all human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 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 sacred, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you can't do that without first addressing that life that has been barred from mm. uh, consideration, mm-hmm. right? And that is absolutely, you know, without question, mm. that is the African uh, American, Amen. right? Amen. Without question. So until that's squared away, then we're not going to really come to a point that um, that we've really addressed the issue in a way that's going to have a long lasting change. Well, and that's a very good point. But now we have to also challenge, have another challenge which, with regards to uh, the person that's sitting in the seat of the Oval Office who is spewing more of the divide ever before than we've ever seen in modern day history. So it's going to take a consistent measure of uh, individuals. So yourself, uh, my brother, uh, the show that you provide a, a platform to give uh, some of us uh, the ability to speak out and to use it in a matter for advocation and to bring us together and to open up our minds and hearts. So um, going against that type of animal uh, when it, they, you know, there's just a, a disadvantage of that nature. Um, it's just going to take more effort, more time, more, more dedication, uh, more of these type of forums. Um, I'm open to having an open forum uh, that we can do uh, where we can sit down and bring like-minded individuals. Or if you disagree, uh, everyone should be able to have a voice and be uh, to have uh, their spin and their way of giving their opinion and how we can get, go forward and bring something to the table. Um, There's always open. So uh, I think the next thing I would like to do is to schedule something like that. Um, and let you know, and you know, give it to your viewers. Uh, maybe you could come out and do a, 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 a maybe be a moderator sure. uh, for that type of event because mm-hmm. um, it's very important uh, that we bring uh, these things to, to the front forefront uh, because of uh, everything that's happening uh, in our community. This is very, very important. Okay, so I want to close out with um, with a call for us to put some, uh, you know, say where does the rubber re- uh, meet the road where does the rubber meet the road mm. uh, and it is going to it meets it in our communities mm-hmm. these affected communities mm-hmm. so this is the actually this is the easy part mm. right the conversations <laughs> yes, it is. right for, for people who recognize yeah. the um the problem for what it is articulating it this is the easy part the hard part is going back into the communities yep. so this is the challenge that i want to leave uh, for myself and for you, Radio Sound family. Uh, and I, I make the statement uh, often that we know that the Radio Sound family is not just a family of Muslims, right? We got oh, yeah. Muslims, Christians, Jews. We got Hebrew Israelites. We have oh, yeah. uh, uh, Sikhs. We, I mean, whatever, whatever uh, 
part of uh, humanity that you represent. Amen. Right? I'm speaking to you. Amen. Okay? So if you are in these communities, what we want to do is that we want to make sure that our, uh, our houses of worship in particular are being utilized to the fullest to address these uh, concerns. So Rubber Meeting Road, mm-hmm. restorative justice. It has tremendous um, implications uh, in being able to reverse the trend of violence, of gun violence that's being carried out. Uh, predominantly, uh, the, 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 those who are actually pulling the trigger are generally young black and brown men, yep. right? That's the population. And that's the population that we need to reach out and establish a connection with, that we need to recognize and affirm their own humanity. Um, mm-hmm. Can't look at these brothers and be afraid to talk to them. That's right. Right. So we need to make sure that we have spaces that we can provide spaces uh, that allow for them to be heard and also allow um, for the uh, for the dissolution of that beef. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever the issues are. Mm-hmm. So issues uh, organizations like ceasefire and the work mm-hmm. that it was doing. Mm-hmm. The work is still here. Amen. The work right. is still here. So challenge is. Talk to your, uh, your, your religious leadership, the board. Talk to your, your pastor, your imam, your rabbi, whomever. Mm-hmm. Talk to them and, and share that concern that we need to have restorative justice hubs in each and every one of our, um, our houses of worship. Amen. Right? Amen. Each and every one. Because we have to take some agency. We got to take some responsibility Absolutely. on addressing the problem. Because it's not that the system is broken. Mm-hmm. The system is working exactly as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, it was designed for dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It was designed for disenfranchisement. Absolutely. Uh, and it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's going to take us implementing a new system to get new results. Absolutely. So that's, that's the challenge. That's what I'm, I'm putting out there for, you, for myself. And for you, so um, we've we've talked about some of the issues. We've talked about the homicide rate, the clearance rate. We've talked about missing the fifty thousand um, women of color that go missing every year, mm-hmm. um, and, and we and we've talked about more. We want to leave with a spirit that's telling us that we've got to do some things. Absolutely, right. <laughs> got to do some. We got to do some things mm-hmm. about this. So. Um, Rabbi, as always, Hallelujah. it is a pleasure to have you, thank you uh, my to talk with you. All right, Radio Islam family, we thank you all for joining us. As always, our guest has been Rabbi Michael Ben Yosef. Uh, he is the rabbi and spiritual leader of Tikkun Kai International. Uh, I'm your host and producer, Tariq El Amin. Our executive producer is Abdelmalik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we are going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.